Blog Talk Radio. Higher than full capacity. Washington's 0-3, 
two and a half games back of Philadelphia, and the Giants are uh, like a game and a half back. Those teams have all played their body. I mean, the Giants have won four in a row, but it's not like they've been playing great teams. They've played teams that have had quarterback issues. Uh, last four weeks, like they they played the Packers a couple weeks ago without or this past Sunday without Aaron Rodgers, the third string quarterback who hasn't been bad. But the, the week before, they played Oakland Terrell Pryor with like forty percent. He looked terrible. He was yeah. clearly hobbled. Week before, you had Michael Vick and uh, Matt Barkley, and the week before that, you had Chris Bonner and Matt Castle. So I think that you know they started on six. A lot of their bad losses came against very good teams. Like Carolina's looking really good. Kansas City looked very good. Um, they they got smoked by Denver, but De- Denver was smoking a lot of teams at that point. So I think I don't I don't think the Giants and it's up for the the Redskins. Uh, Washington is a complete mess right now. What do you think of the Skins having a uh, Hall of Famer basically call out your quarterback? Yeah, and then you had say Santa Claus. Doing the same thing. I think that, you know, when things, things are starting to go poorly, people are going to. They always point the finger at RG3. They're going to point the finger somewhere, and it's happening now at RG3. Uh, I don't necessarily think it's fair. He hasn't played that great this year, but he also was coming back from an injury. And I think he was showing leadership and showing that um, he was going to do whatever it takes to come back, and he came back after. Terry is, uh, you know, wrecking his ligaments in January, and he's playing in September. Like, at the start of the year, I mean, should he have been probably, he was clearly shelled himself playing with the boot. So, but the team, all in all, is that good. I, I think the uh, Griffin uh, criticisms, I don't think it's necessarily fair. Um, could there be something there? Sure. But I don't think, I think all in all, it's, it's a little unfair, and I think it's coming out of too much of just coming out of frustration. The fact that the season is slowly but surely slipping away. A team that is not slowly slipping away is the Carolina Panthers. You mentioned Cam Newton having an amazing season. Uh, a lot of people are saying he has uh, talks to possibly win the MVP after a controversial win against. Patriots on Monday Night Football. Cam mm-hmm. Newton has the uh, Panthers 7-3, and three, only, I believe, a game behind the New Orleans Saints. Yeah, uh, Carolina is a team that a couple weeks into the year, uh, people really weren't certain what to make of them. They didn't start off great. They started off 1-3. and three. Their one win against the Giants, but they had lost to Seattle. A very close loss, yeah. A roadblock to Buffalo. That's an explainable now. Buffalo is not good. And then he had a loss to on the road to Arizona, who not really that good, although they're six and four, but they're not, you know, great teams. And then ever since they've looked great. Been uh, averaging like twenty five points a game, maybe even more. Yeah, and the thing is, uh, what's interesting is that Ron Rivera, who came into the season in battle. A lot of fans in Charlotte and in the Carolinas were not happy with them. And when he started slowly early, there was a lot of, there was a lot of pressure to fire him and for his job to be in jeopardy. But, and, you know, we always talk, or, uh, we always talked about it, but in the past there's been a lot of controversy that he's a very, he was a very conservative coach. He wouldn't take a lot of risks. 
and that changed like immediately. Now we like going for it fourth down, um, and the team has really responded well. Cam Newton's been playing great football. He's always a guy that people are like to be have the maturity to be a star. He has tons of talent. He is supremely talented. Like some of the moves he was he put on. New England last night were incredible. And he's not – the thing is that what these quarterbacks have to need to do is that, especially somebody like him, he's learned to rely on his arm. There are so many times, well, especially last year, we were like, yeah, Robert Griffin, who would always rely on his leg. First read goes is not there, and he would break off and run, which worked, and it would work for Cam Newton. But now he's relying on going through his progression. He's a good – and the defense has been awesome. They may have, just have – the best front seven in the NFL. This is a really good team to watch out for uh, come playoff time. I mean, they're, they're still probably the second-best team in the division. Yeah, and that's, uh, they also have New Orleans twice coming up both mm-hmm. in December. Those will be tough games for them. But this Carolina team is, uh, is very good, very good. It's definitely a, a team that could be dangerous come the playoffs. Playoff team, wild card? Oh, absolutely. I think that unless – but the way they're playing, it would take it would take um, a pretty solid collapse because the NFC South is terrible. Besides those two teams, because Tampa's awful and Atlanta's awful. So I I would be very surprised if Carolina did not get in. I think if you look at the teams that are below them: San Francisco, Carolina, BF, San Francisco. San Francisco, I think, is still a playoff team. But they have uh, been a little disappointing, excuse me, offensively, and they haven't looked at, haven't really played with that edge that they had last two years. Chicago, I think if Chicago's a good team, that could be the Mets. Uh, but then you go further down, I don't think Dallas or Green Bay are both at 5-5. Five and five. Even when they potentially get Rodgers back. You said he'd come back in a few weeks. Yeah, the the earliest hope that now for him to come back for Rodgers will be next week. And he said in an interview with ESPN Milwaukee that he is uh, he's not going to play unless he's practiced two games before. And they're playing Thanksgiving next week, so he would have to practice on Tuesday. Now he says he's he's almost healthy, so I could I I think he's actually going to play next week. He's already been ruled out for this week. I think he'll come back, and that'll be interesting because. The Packers, I think they can make a run, but um, I think it'd be a, it's much more likely for them to make a run at the division where they're still only a game back at Detroit and Chicago than to get into a wild card because San Francisco already beat them this year, and, they're, and I don't think they can chase down Carolina either. So. All right, good solid football talk. We'll switch to baseball where yes, – yesterday – it was the great. It was two. It was it was Wednesday. Wednesday, Friday. The immortal uh, Alex Rodriguez went on our good friend, uh, Mike friend Mike Zahn, yeah, on WFA in New York, and uh, interesting comments. And you pointed out, well, immediately out of the gate. Hey, Rod, tell me what happened today. Well, we got a ruling that uh, the commissioner does not have to come in from Milwaukee, and. Uh, it was very disappointing. Obviously, I've been there for 10 or 12 days, whatever's been. Uh, been there for every pitch. Uh, you know, I have my, my girls back home in Miami, and 
You know, it's been difficult, but, uh, you know, respecting the process, having been offered to, to come in a million shows, haven't done anything, it's just been really just taking it one day at a time and respecting the process, and today I just, I lost my mind. I banged the table and kicked <laughs> a briefcase and slammed out of the room and, and just felt like this system, I, I knew it was restricted and I, I knew uh, it wasn't fair, but what we saw today is just, uh, it was disgusting. And the fact that uh, the man from Milwaukee that, uh, put this suspension on me with, with not one bit of evidence, something I didn't do. And he doesn't have the courage to come look at me in the eye and tell me this is why I did 211. I shouldn't serve one inning. And this guy should come to, my, to our city. I know he doesn't like New York. I love this city. I love being a Yankee. My daughters grew up in New York. And for this guy, the embarrassment that he's put me and my family through, and he doesn't have the courage to come see me and tell me, this is why I'm going to destroy your career. And I have to explain this to my daughters every day. So you thought. So basically, uh, MLB Commissioner Bud Sealy refused to uh, sit in yeah. or testify. Yeah, he refused to testify, and the arbitrator said that he was not going to force Sealy to testify. And then when this happened, a Rod, as he described, he uh, had a little outburst, uh, and he said this BS to another one of the lawyers, and so he was. And then what happened was kind of unexpectedly showed up in studio on uh, Mike Pettitte's show in New York, the one and only Mike Zone, and and then he talked with them for about 40, 45 minutes. Bizarre, kind of an interesting, bizarre interview. Francesca, the whole time, he basically said, yeah, I'm on Rodriguez's side. And Rodriguez definitely showed that he is at war with Bud Selig. And, you know, and the, the whole thing is that, and this is really, this was his first interview that he's given. This latest round of allegations came out. He was forceful against it, said he had done nothing wrong, had done steroids since 2003. Uh, there's nothing there. This is the uh, 211 games. Yes. Yes, but which, of course, he was suspended, but he appealed, and he was able to play the rest of the year. When people are like, oh, I shouldn't be able to appeal. Well, that, that's the process that happens. So, and this whole thing, it's just, it's been a complete mess. Alex Rodriguez, I mean, let's be frank, he's a, a scumbag. He's not a very trustworthy guy. We've been down this road with him before. But I think, to be fair, I think he is getting railroaded, as he described in the interview, by baseball. And by no means am I an Alex Rodriguez fan. But I do think there's this, this whole thing has been a little, actually, pretty unfair. The 211 game suspension, he, he, if he had once, uh, well, he never failed to test, first off. And traditionally, the penalty for a, a first suspend, first grade, uh, is 50, and it's the second uh, time is 100. And if he's admitted before, it kind of jumped this whole thing and get him to 211. Also, Emily's relying on this guy, getting his name, who, who they're relying on. Basically, that, you know, that Anthony Bosch. Um, is this guy? And apparently, MLB gave him like cash under the table, and, like a bag, something. 
something bizarre. And MLB also says they have a lot of evidence, like a mountain of evidence, and we haven't really seen anything. His name was also the big, really the only one that leaked that was leaked out of this list that was um, involved. And also, um, oh, the biogenesis guy. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Biogenesis. And then guys, I got Brian um, Braun and Nelson Cruz. And also with A-Rod, I think he has a valid point. I don't think Buzzfeed would have to get him. I don't think he, he hates them. I, 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 I don't know what he thinks about New York. I, think, I don't think that's relevant. But I think with Buzzfeed, I think he, A-Rod does have a point that the, he doesn't like him because he has a big salary. And there's no question about that. Buzz Felix was one of the owners involved in the uh, the NFL collusion scandals in the, in the baseball in the 1980s. So, and they've always said they want to bring, you know, drive salaries down. I do think that's why a lot of the public is, uh, will always be against him because he makes this outrageous amount of money. And I think also, you know, in, the, in a court of law, you have every right to face your accuser. So you should. I, you should. So I, I don't I don't see why Bud Felix has every right to, you know, not be in court. If he wants to make this case that he should make it in court, he shouldn't have, you know, people there for him. So so while I I think that uh Alex Rodriguez uh, is he guilty? I probably yes, but I think everyone should be treated fair under the law. If a cop can't break the law, what the hell use is he? So what what happens to um Officer Alex Rodriguez? He'll go with the full the crackdown. Well, we spend the whole two hundred eleven games. Yeah, we don't know what's going to happen yet. This I'm, I'm not entirely certain what this little hearing was. Um, I don't think it's certainly done by Andy Stratz. This was the uh, um I don't know what kind of hearing this was. I'm really not certain, but I apparently. Uh, according to ESP New York, both sides during this case have uh, until the 11th of December to file briefs, another day, uh, 10 days after that to reply to each other. So basically, it looks like this case um, is going to be resolved not until January. I really think that with the, play, with the, with the player, when they get firmly involved, I think the suspension is going to be cut down. I think it's going to cut down to at least 100 games because, let's be honest, the 211 is arbitrary. The season and like a half. The season and what the rest of that one was. It was completely arbitrary. So, but I think that, I think it's going to come down to 100, maybe even a 50, because, again, he's never failed a test. They have proof that he failed the test. I mean, let's see it, you know. So I think that this suspension, I don't think it's going to go away. Um, but I think it's, it's probably going to be brought down at the end of the line at some point. But this is it's just proof. we got at Major League Baseball, you have the strongest players union in sports. And these two are going to butt heads. you got Aaron, you've got all the players, you've got plenty of money. So I think this is not a great, not a great situation at all for Major League Baseball. And going forward, I think he's – has the potential only to become even more ugly. So they will start opening day next year. I say no. Interesting. I don't think you will. So on that note, we'll take a break, and when we come back, we will talk some NASCAR. 
who will apply Jimmy Johnson winning his sixth title and his beef with Donovan McNabb. And uh, some Olympic and World Cup soccer news. Stay with us here on Fanatic Radio, blogtalkradio.com. Get ready to break the pain! <laughs> the reason you wake up on game day and put on your team's cars. Fanatic Radio on Blog Talk Radio.
Fanatic Radio. It's as good as it gets. The reason you wake up on game day and put on your team's colors. Fanatic Radio on Lock Talk Radio. Oh, nobody cares about Rutgers. Let's be realistic, okay? We all thought about having sex with Mickey Mantle. Back here on Fanatic Radio, BlockTalkRadio.com, Olive Garden, Ben Florence, and the Flow Cave today. Yes. Uh, check out this podcast on iTunes. Just brought to you by Bebo 360 American Wordflow is featuring another article in. Pick those up, I believe, on December 6th. Yeah. As he rants about the wonderful Patriot League Network. Ah, that's right. It's a good thing. Quick little preview. Uh, now, the quick history on this day, at least four years ago, the uh, France played uh, the Republic of Ireland in a World Cup qualifier. And I'll get to my reasons in a minute. Controversial ending as France was able to win on the road after Terry Henry handballed hit the ball to his hand twice in order to uh, serve it into the bo- or get it into the box to Nicolas Anelka score the game-winning goal to advance France to the World Cup. A lot of controversy saying oh, he intentionally touched it. He actually ended up admitting it, saying I did, but not intentionally. He accidentally hit it. But basically, it was uh, almost uh, bad karma from the beginning as France got to the 2010 World Cup in South Africa did poor. They ended up having a coup over their coach after their coach sent Nicholas and Elka home. They're starting forward after he uh, called their head coach an explicit son of a blank. And so then after that, the entire France team just collapsed and ended up losing to South, uh, South Africa, Mexico, and I, believe, and I don't remember the other team, but I think it was Algeria. Fantastic. Needless, needless to say, they completely just trashed it. They had to fly a coach back to France. Captain Henri had actually his last World Cup and then had to go to the Prime Minister office to expl- uh, uh, Nicolas Sarkozy to explain what happened. Several players actually banned from the national team because of it. And then four years later, wouldn't you know, Flo France was back in the World Cup. These final 32 teams were completed. Mexico beat New Zealand. Uruguay beat Jordan, which is funny how those teams end up facing each other. But the 32-team field is set. The draw is December 6th. My own flesh and blood, John Gardner, will be joining us on the show then to yeah. break down the groups. Really? The draw is basically when they choose the, uh, oh. the team. So finally, the United States is, who had capped off the best winning season in U.S. history. 100 years of U.S. soccer. It took until 2013. And a German coach to make the United States relevant and their highest ranking since 2006. Uh, I don't see why not. But Flo, looking at the teams, one of the things that my brother noticed is there's only one team in the entire field of 32 that is making their very first appearance. It is Bosnia-Herzegovina, the team the United States beat over the summer uh-huh. in a friendly. But is it bad that there is no parity given basically Africa, the exact the minus of South Africa was the host, the exact five teams made it back. The only difference for um, the South American teams is, I believe, Colombia is new this year. They've made it before back when they had uh, Carlos Valderrama and the great team from 94-98 of the uh, ESPN 30 for 30. That's right. Colombia makes it back since 98. And their only difference is, I want to say... Paraguay, not and not this year. And the Europe team have stayed consistently the same. But is that there's no parity in soccer? Um, or is it because the countries are so different and it doesn't really matter? I mean, in terms of 
disparity is that uh, at least that, you know, we're getting teams that are deserving to go in. Like, that's kind of how, like, soccer qualifying setup works. Mm-hmm. So, like, it basically relies on you to be, like, even if you get hot, it, it's a way to prevent, like, you know, scrub teams and get in. It's kind of like uh, the Chase yeah. Spring Cup. Basically, yeah, the same drivers consistently make it. Yeah, they deserve it. Exactly. Like, you know, we don't want, like, uh, 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 I don't know, like, like Guam. Like, just teams that have, I mean, a lot of these teams that have golf, I don't have a chance of winning at all. But I think that uh, in terms of parity, you would like to see uh, more more and more countries get into qualify. But for it's just not realistic. It's it's idealistic, but it's not re- realistic, if you know what I'm saying. So I think that the World Cup, because it happens every four years, is going to be, like, awesome regardless. So I don't think it's necessarily, like, you know, people are going to be turned off because, uh, I don't know, uh, uh, you know, New uh, Tahiti or – because they were in the uh, Confederation of Mongolia or, you know. So I think it will be uh, – uh, the lack, the, so therefore, lack of parity. We still have a number of teams that still get to qualify. No, they're all, they're all in. Oh, that, that, that's the set field. This is the team. It's, it's only 32 teams. 32 teams. Uh, it's going to be like uh, the NBA tournament, like 64. Well, you got acres of four. That's right. Because only a two-week span. Final four stretches over like a month. Well, we love that. Yeah, but the, they do a sort of uh, group play. I think, I think every country in the world should get it. 256 nations. Exactly. That would like be the same amount of teams that like play college basketball. So you do uh, one game eliminators, everybody. Well, that's like that's like the uh, that onion parody of the uh, tournament where they have like, like 1,200 teams. You know, it's like St. Mary's School, Death and Blind, take on Syracuse. Hey, that's a very funny clip. I encourage people to watch it. Nobody will. No, nobody will. Well, that's Bree. It's on. It's a video. Okay, nobody, nobody knows that. We can turn into the onion. No. Hell no. No. There were some good games. Portugal gets in. Uh, Cristiano Ronaldo scores three goals in the, the deciding game. I think the team, here's a great idea for the, the World Cup. The team that won the World Cup last time cannot play the next one. What well, takes away from defending the title? So you take, so Spain won. No, so there's somebody else wins. So, so Spain wins, so you're, uh, you're eliminating the number one team in the world. But whoever, no, but no. You're not good. The team that wins that World Cup that has to play a do-or-die match against the previous champion. And if you don't win that, if, say, you know, let's say, hypothetically, uh, Belgium wins the World Cup, which they could. They're actually very good. And a very good Belgian very good team. So and then they win the World Cup, and then they have to play Spain in a do-or-die match, and if uh, uh, if Belgium wins, then they're the true champions, but if not, then it's still Spain. So Spain is still involved, but you have to – and you would have to play that game in Barcelona. Didn't baseball try that a few years ago? They tried to set up there – was, there was rumors they were trying to set up – I think it was the World Series winner with uh, the, the Japanese League's winner – and an exhibition, but see who was truly crowned king of the like the World Series winner. That would have been cool. I mean, this is a completely inane idea, thought up on the spot by well, But hey, you wouldn't love that. Yeah, I wouldn't like. But soccer's different though because it is different. Well, four years. 
in soccer in soccer terms. That's you, you know, still have all these other tournaments. You got Euro Cup. You got club play. You got club play. You got the Gold Cup, which is that's, that's even bigger than the Euro Cup. Your Slow World Cup is actually how the Gold Cup. Is it really? Is going to be. Because apparently, what happens is it used to be every three years, and then the winner of the Gold Cup would go to the Confederations Cup. Mm-hmm. Which is what happened uh, last year, which is sort of the, the tune-up to the World Cup to see how the host city does, how the host nation does, if there's if what happens, bring interest. And so, starting in 20, I think 15, uh-huh. that winner has to play the United States to see who goes to the 2017 Confederations Cup. Mm. I believe that is in Russia. I think Russia hosts the World Cup. Which yeah, is they host the 2018 World Cup. Which is going to be a complete disaster as we switch. Speaking of Russia, Lindsey Vaughn probably will not be going to Russia. Mm. Tore her ACL. Is that the same knee that she hurt like months ago and got all this rehab only just to hurt it again? Um, it may have been. I'm not certain. Um, I think so. I think it is. I think it may be. Suffered another ACL injury. That is depressing because we were all excited for her rehab. I think Sports Illustrated or ESPN Magazine did a whole cover story article about her rehab. Mm-hmm. She's coming back. And it was great seeing, yeah, we saw, we saw it with, uh, with Carson Palmer, I believe. Mm-hmm. A, lot of, uh, a lot of baseball players come back. We saw Adrian Peterson with ACL surgery come back and almost break some single season rushing record. Uh, sad for uh, USA fans who won't be seeing, potentially won't be seeing uh, their best gear. Uh, yeah, and definitely one of the biggest stars and biggest names, so, you know, NBC will be disappointed because, you know, she's become uh, one of the big names that has uh, transcended the fact that, you know, skiing has only so much uh, hype. hype and, you know, I'll let my boy Bodie Miller, right? and I don't think is competing in 2014. I think I well, he's in his, like, 40s, how doubt he is. Yeah, he's a piece of garbage. He's got gold medals, Flo. Yeah, but he, he loves so, he's so anti-gold medals. That's not true. Boy, he was a scumbag. When he was, like, when he had that, it's like those old stupid rants that he had, and Bob, Bob kind of completely demolished him at one time. When he, when he was, like, uh, yeah, I hate, uh, you know, being... I forget exactly what he said, but he, he's a piece of garbage. I mean, like, he bumped his own team. What the hell? That's not a Lance Armstrong. Okay, Lance Armstrong's a piece of garbage, too. So I think he's by himself skiing, but continue to move on. Yeah, but uh, it, it, it's definitely a tough blow for, uh, for us. Definitely our best skier um, on the team, so that'll... We have some I mean, there's a chance that this injury is not, you know, that she could be able to play. Only a partial tear. So if it's only if it's a partial tear, then it, she would be okay to go. But you have to start to wonder that, you know, she's now the second ACL injury she's had. It's not an easy, easy injury to come back from. So, tough stuff, you know what I'm saying? Then you turn your ACL. Um, no, but we assume Malcolm did the other night uh, at, at his murals. Yeah, he died, right? Well, no, we had Tom yesterday. Yeah. Speaking of winning, 
Jimmy Johnson. Yes. Went to six NASCAR Sprint Cup Challenge. Lindsey Vaughn of NASCAR. So Lindsey Vaughn of NASCAR. I think Lindsey Vaughn won six titles. Oh, my God. Little you're, five in a row. You're an ass. But, you know, man, congrats to Jimmy Johnson. Uh, you, you, you pointed out that I have a lot of beef with him because Jeff Gordon is not the top guy. Yeah, but Jeff Gordon sucks. As my, that is not true. <laughs> as He's the most overrated driver in the history of Lit on it because apparently. Okay. With a with a hundred on it, that's very cool. I did not notice that. Sorry, I have a side rant. No, no, it's not. It, it's Jimmy Johnson. Dash. Jimmy Johnson was met with a lot of potential in the media center. <laughs> the immortal Richard Petty said he could possibly win eight to ten titles, and he's okay with that. Are you okay with that? Um, I I have no problem with that. I mean, the thing with records is that records are meant to be broken. Yeah, the number set, the you know, the seven titles, the Richard Petty one is iconic, but. Dude, I'm sure Richard Petty said that when Dale Earnhardt won the seven titles. So I think that, uh, you know, people right now don't have that love for Jimmy Johnson because he's, he's been dominating in such a short span that he's won seven out of, what is it, seven out of the last, or six out of the last eight titles. Yeah, and he's won 20, 24% of the races ever in the new Chase format. Which you love. That is a red flag in itself, but continue as uh, Johnson record broken. Um, I think that with, with what he's doing, I have no reason to uh, think that he's going to now. Let's, I mean, looking at somebody like Richard Petty, he won his final uh, Winston Cup title in 1979 when he was 42 years old. Jerry Johnson is 38, so... If you want to go by, it's not a perfect measure by any stress, because obviously NASA is different then than it is now. But, you know, that's like four or five years, potentially, of board dominance. He's been in the hunt seemingly every year. He was in the hunt last year. He had the usual of the year before he was in the hunt, but he fell off at the end. You know, he had only, he had only won six titles in a row, which was Insane. How old was Petty? How old was Earnhardt when he won his seventh title? Because if Jimmy Johnson is to win and break the record at eight, he'd be 40 years old. Uh, Earnhardt, his, his final uh, title, he won in 94, and he was 43. Um, I want to look up who was the. I'm going to take a look at the. Did have his age? I want to find out who the old time. It's got. It's probably like Dale Earnhardt because he was like 43. Um, but I'm sure going back, some of these guys. But a lot of these guys were young. You know, Kelly Arbrow, Benny Parsons, driving for LG DeWitt. Bill Elliott was pretty old when he won a championship. No, he was. He was 33. Hmm. That young, huh? Yeah. Well, he's not even that old now. He's like. He looks like oh, he's four years fifty, but you know he ain't really ever win that. You know, awesome bill from Dawson. Oh, well, million dollar bill. So I think that Jimmy Johnson, you hate him because he's way overshadows your hack boy Jeff Gordon. You just who owns this car though? Car. Who owns the car? You really yeah. He only owns it for the sake that uh, Rick Hendrick. Uh, he told Rick Hendrick, "You need to hire this guy." 
And Hendrick was like, okay, well, you're putting money into this as well. I'll put it on your ass. And he did it. Jeff, now Jeff Gordon's now just a hack. Well, not a hack. He's got no talent. He never won a race in my lifetime. He ever won a race in my challenge lifetime. That's another complete lie. No, it's not. I'm like, Jeff Gordon sucks. He's garbage. He's the most overrated driver in the history of racing. Jimmy Johnson. He, I'm, I'm going to tell you right now, he's going to break the record. I'm telling you right now. Because I have him checking now. Are such a, and you have yeah. you the best teams. Much, yeah. You have the best combination. You have the best crew chief. You have an, ex, an incredible driver. I don't see anything that's going to slow them down. I really don't. And yet we've got other great drivers that are going to be in the next go forth. What's Matt Kenseth going to do now that he's more fully into uh, Joe Gibbs? When is Kyle Busch ever going to put it together? Uh, you got guys like Hamlin who are well, he was awful this year, but he was also we won Homestead. You won Homestead. And this will be his second year with Mike Ford. Uh, uh, not Mike Ford. Dan Grubb. Yeah, Mike Ford. Uh, you know. Um, Another interesting thing I found yesterday is uh, Steve Addington is no longer going to be Tony Stewart. That's right. Uh, Chris Johnston, who was uh, Truex's crew chief last year, in front of the show, takes over the 14. Addington will be a crew chief and a uh, team consultant for Phoenix Racing. Mmm. So that's a big shake-up. Love Phoenix Racing. See, that was a good crew chief. How was the smoke rising? How will he respond next year? Um, I think that that, that um, is really that team next year, the Stuart Hot team, is really going to be a, a fun one to watch because now you're adding, not only you're adding Kevin Harvick, but they call him Happy Harvick for a reason. You're adding Kurt Busch, and we know how volatile he can be. Tony Stewart, you know, he's no... Uh, He's not, he, he can get fired up, as, as we've seen before. And Danica Patrick now is still on the mix, and she's also very fiery as well. So that is that is a situation that could be very combustible. Stewart was uh, not having a great year, and then he got hurt. Uh, Danica Patrick was awful for the most part. Didn't even rookie of the year, uh, Stenhouse-wise. Yeah, so, and so that team, George, I think a team that could really have a great year next year, Penske basically. Mm. Joey Logano really. This, was, this is their first season with Ford. First season, their first season with Ford, and Logano his first season with the team. And he really broke, had the, the breakout year that he didn't have that everyone was waiting for to have. And Joe Gibbs. And people forget that Joey Logano. Only twenty three. He's twenty three years old. He's already been running the Cup Series like four years. Like he's twenty three years old. There's a reason why they call him. That Mark Martin called the greatest thing that sliced bread. Was that a problem putting all too much on the plate? Probably, yeah. Would he, should he have gone right to Copeland? Uh, Gibson? Probably not, but he had an opening, and he's the best guy you got at that point. So, And now Brad Kozlowski had a strong case, chase running a bunch of races. He had some bad luck early in the year, and that's why he didn't get in. But he won Charlotte. He won Charlotte, right? And he was in the hunt for a lot of the chase races. Exactly. He, he's a guy I fully would expect to get back in the chase next year. So, any any drivers legitimate to hang with uh, Johnson Knauss next year? A lot of people are saying Dale Earnhardt, who was one of the most consistent drivers, apart from the uh, blown engine, mm-hmm. finished fifth and had, I think, three or four runner-ups. Yeah. The thing with Earnhardt Jr. is that he really has struggled to break through and win a lot of races. 
But now he's getting around to where he's in the he's in the hunt. Almost you see Lazard has elevated his game. That was that move switching to the crew chiefs. It was a pretty risky move by Rick Hendricks. But I think it worked well for everybody you putting a Gustafson with Gordon. I mean Gordon is the very first year with Gustafson where they won like five races. Exactly. Yeah, Kenny Francis. Back with Kate. Oh, Kate and Kenny Francis. That is one of the more underrated crew chiefs because we saw, and it was a little controversial, unless it's Jeremy Mayfield's departure, then it's spiral out of the sport. When they moved Kenny Francis from Jeremy Mayfield to Casey Kane, but then Casey Kane, that's when he really broke out. And the uh, five races. Yeah, he, he was like and he was like the man at the intermediate tracks. I think that any of those hundred guys from win the title last year, even – Jeff Gordon, who I always playfully rib on because he really He will be, I think, 42. And yeah. Twilight is approaching. He's Two things I'm interested in, uh, other than the Hendrick driver, what driver could give Jimmy Johnson the uh, the most trouble next year? My thing is going to be Kevin Harvick. Mm, I think with New James. Stuart Yeah, because I think it was uh, Stuart Haas racing because they essentially have Hendrick equipment. Uh-huh. So they'll be going toe-to-toe. Harvick. I would say it's, it's, it's probably, it's talent-wise, it's Tony Stewart, but driving-wise, it's probably Kevin Harvick. I'd say it's the best guy out of that entire team. The smoke always has these outbursts and we're getting wrecked. <laughs> Call someone, you know, an idiot, as he mentioned, uh, the great uh, David Gillen ran. And it happened like, like six years ago. That was awesome. Kevin Harvick could give a legit run. Yeah. Uh, and another big guy, I think, uh, Denny Hamlin. I, I, I agree. That, that gets, it's always someone out of that gets Ken. One, a couple years ago, it was Rowdy Bush. Last year, it was Ken. So I think uh, with Darian Grubb and Denny Hamlin, because Denny Hamlin had the back problems mm-hmm. after California, which was like the third race of the year, yep. and he was never the same after that. I think Denny Hamlin can make a legit run. Second year, it's the, uh, the Gen 6 car. COT. So it's, uh, We're back to COT. The spoiler. Yeah. The wing. Oh, yeah. The initial car, that thing was so ugly, but... And, you know, we bring up the COT, the driver who won the very first COT race at Bristol and then said in victory lane that the car sucks, kept Rowdy Bush, widely thought to be a lot of people, not only is he a good-looking guy, as we saw in that Spring Cup uh, NASCAR commercial, he admits it himself. Exactly. And he is made to be the most talented driver in the garage, but he's never been able to put together. He always puts his highest chase finish. Tyus Chase finished was actually this year before. Really? So nobody really knew that going in. I picked third at one point. Yeah, I picked him what he was, and then he had a weight admission. I think, I believe I picked him the one Kansas at It was Kansas when he had like those two crashes. Yeah, Kansas was, was what sunk him because he finished second at Chicago, his second at Loud, and then fifth at Dover. So he had a great start. He's a guy that there's he he has to put it together somewhere. He is 28, so it's not like you know he's still on this run, twilight of his career. But he has, you know, I think that one of these years he's got to win it all because you know we saw he's too talented to go. We win. saw in 2008 when he won eight races and, and he finished like tenth in the point. So it's like, I mean, he's too good not to win the chance one day, and I think I think he will. I think he definitely will at some point. But, you know, he's a guy that he'll have a strong run in the regular season and the change up a couple issues. You know, we, he's another guy. His, te- his temper is not like as 
volatile as his brother is, but he can still get pretty fiery and he's very aggressive. And I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. But eventually he's going to break through. But and maybe next year will be the year. He has a very good favorite that one thing. And that's one thing about the Chase. You can have that one raise. You saw a John R. Jr. That, will, that can sink. Excuse me, you have to be spot on. Kansas as well. Exactly. He was terrible. You need to have a crap raise at the start of the game. Almost kind of like the BCS. Yeah, not, not going away. BCS sucks. Last year, the BCS this year. It is. And then we're going to have the, uh, the, the playoffs next year. You know, UCS still going to make a bowl? Wow. Well, they're obviously going to make a bowl. It looks like they're going to be a BCS bowl. It looks like they're going to win the AAC. Yeah. After barely surviving Temple last week. We love Temple. It's a great one-handed grab. Yeah, oh, that grab was insane. They got the ball back. Like a few seconds ago, they had like a big fast play. So they had the tiebreaker with Louisville. The remaining games are uh, next Friday against USF. USF would not be good. And then they close at SMU. So on December 7th. And neither of those teams are really any good. So even if they only lose once, they have a tiebreaker. So let's say you have the UCF Knights. Getting an auto bid to BCS. That is fantastic. They're going to what, the Sugar Bowl? It would probably be the Sugar Bowl because the Sugar Bowl has the second at large picks. So, and then you'll have uh, probably Fresno State. If they win out, which I think they will. And if they fall and then Northern Illinois wins out, then Northern Illinois will be in. So, BCS is fantastic. Exactly. Right. Well, you said his garbage in Glass Well, you know what? We flip up on the show. Speaking of flip up, Carrie was on campus. John Carrie. And uh, he'll be on campus yesterday. And SIS doing some um, talk with uh, Chinese study abroad. What are you doing here, man? Why are you going to the hell? I hope so. Your boy was on campus the other day. He was. The guy you interned for. Yeah. Do you want to give a shout-out? Any other final shout-outs for you in the episode? Great guy. Uh, I definitely want to give a shout-out to you uh, and the Ash Body Spray. We love Ash Body Spray. Right? I would not give that a shout-out. I gave it a shout-out. Go to your nearby um, convenience store. The convenience store. A local supplier. Get some Ash Body Spray for guys. Or some Jack Bradley spray for St. Cats. Um, great product. I don't know why I'm giving a shout out to it, but hey, he gives it. But Jay McMurray drove for Axe twice. Right. He had an Axe twist with a car. Apparently it changed oh. color and light, which I think wow. not say Jay McMurray is the, is the best person for it. I'm going to give a shout out. What, what, what is that supposed to be? I don't know. Oh, ladies, man, that's for sure. Cries and Victory Lane. As we saw, he's not a ladies' man. He's married. Well, Heck yeah, he's not single anymore. I want to give a shout out to Chris Paul. He broke Magic Johnson's uh, double double record for a consecutive games to start a season. Uh, it's quoted by Art North, a good friend of mine. Uh, one of the best point guards of all time. Art North? No, Chris Paul. Ranks him one A, B, and C with Magic and John Stockton. Ooh. And so when I said uh, Pencil Pete. He just laughed and completely disagreed with me. But I'd say this socks in the pistol feet. Oh, logo, Jerry West. Very good. 
But we love that. Chris Paul is absolutely killing it. And I think it would be a legit case if the Clippers win the West, one seed, with a, with a new coach, uh, a couple of new players, after the disaster of being down there, he should win MVP. But we still have, like, five months of the NBA season to go on. AU Eagles, they play this weekend. Volleyball is in the uh, Patriot League tournament. Have a chance to go back to the NCAA, so it should be exciting that it's this weekend. And, uh... I want to give a final shout out to uh, Mike Gambardella for writing on the uh, release that we took it to Ohio State, to which a great response on Twitter was, I'm sorry, I didn't know taking to it was uh, 27 turnovers, streaky shooting, and losing by 11 points. That's Rambo Gambo for you. All the flow goes on, flow goes we, on for me next week. We never look explicit that we did not know about. Great we, we, you know what? If Matthew's listening, we love you. And we're going to miss you. Please, please don't leave us. Please come back. Yeah. For all the Radio, the Taurus, Ben, Florence, I am Michael Gardner saying we will see you next time. Yeah. On that